I'm back here tonight. I'm Chris. I'm here with Jason, Casey, and we hope to have Kelly calling in here in the next little bit. And we're going to throw down about just um, just the things in dentistry we've been thinking about and talking about lately. It's been um, it's fall now. Seasons are changing. We're kind of getting into our stride. We're kind of in that time in the practice when things aren't too crazy before the holiday push. Um, at least in pediatrics, we get real busy through the holiday season. Right now, we're kind of in the meat of the school year. Things are a little more mellow. Um, and we're just going to dive into some of the stuff that we've been talking about. This weekend, I pulled out the newspaper and, you know, we're in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and there was a, the front page headline was the sentencing of a kid who was involved in a murder about a um, little more than eight years ago. Pretty typical, you know, pediatric dental scene in Santa Fe. Yeah, I mean, this yeah. is this is murder <laughs> stuff, right? Because it's a murder. So, and why it was of interest to me is because I was very involved, um, not involved with this murder, but people around me had deep connections to it. And it kind of took me back to when I was much earlier in the practice and we were really trying to establish the staff that we would have, at least the core of our staff. I don't know how everyone else's offices are, but I know for ours, we certainly have a core group of staff members who we anticipate hopefully having forever. We take care of them, they take care of us, and they're really, really strong. And we've kind of had this revolving door of less strong um, assisting staff that kind of come and go. And we've had some rough lessons along the way. So I was, we were in the practice maybe about a year at this point, and we had basically inherited the staff from the old doctor who I bought out when we came to town. We, I sat down with him, and I remember asking him, like, hey, who should, I don't know if I need to employ everybody. Should, who should I let go because you are overstaffed for what I need and can afford? And he was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, they're all... They're all the same. I'm like, really? They're all the same? I'll tell you what. They were not all the same. But he told me they were the same. And um, I think it's an old guy tactic. I'm not sure who's selling out. I'm not sure why you can't just be honest and be like, oh, this assistant is great. This assistant sucks. Keep her. Keep him. Get rid of them. Because then another guy we bought out later would say the same thing to me. I was like, hey. Um, I don't know if I need all your staff and we're going to rehire, but I don't want to hire somebody I need to fire right away. So is there somebody I should preemptively let go? He says, oh, no, they're all the same, which was so wrong because some of my best staff members ever came from that office and also a couple terrible ones. And within like a day of working with them, you could tell the difference between who was amazing and who, who was not good. I don't know why he could just say to me like, this assistant, this assistant are bad and these other ones you want to keep forever. But he didn't, and his famous quote to me that I bring up was he said, oh, you know, this is a small town, and when it comes to hiring, you have your pick of the litter, but they're all runs. <laughs> what a swell guy to work yeah, for. Yeah, right? right? He was such a nice guy. What a rude statement, right? And he had some amazing staff who I still have, and it's been years, and I anticipate having them forever, and they're, they're the best. Anyway, so I'm heading into work one morning. I've got the original staff that the previous dentist had hired and I get a call from one of them and she says, I'm so sorry. I can't come into work. My son was killed. And I was like, what? I was like, okay. Um, yeah, take as much time as you need. Let me know. And she was like in hysterics. And so I got off the phone. I turned to my wife. I think I was still home. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, our assistant, um, her son was just killed. Can you believe this? And she was like, what? And we, she had probably four or five kids, and we knew them. Um, a couple of them were still, a couple of the boys, they were kind of punks, these kids, I'll be honest. Um, but they were like in their late teens, and they were in ortho with us at the time. And I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, which one of the, which one of the boys got killed? This is insane. So I come into work, and I'm all worked up, and I roll in and the rest of the staff are there and they were kind of like buzzing around. And I was like, oh my gosh, you guys, did you did you guys hear about what happened? And they all turned to me and they were like, oh, pff, who cares? 
Like, that, that's not her son. I was like, what? She told me her son died. They're like, yeah. She had a son that got taken from her when it was their first child, and that son got put into state custody and got adopted off somewhere. And that's not really her son. She never raised that son. And I was like, what? And, of course, they're like, this was not a great staff that we inherited. They were really, like, angry and mad. I was going to say, like, what a reaction either way. Seriously. <laughs> like, like, you could at least be like, oh, oh, yeah, that's really sad. That was her son. But instead they're like, oh, that kid had shaken baby syndrome or, you know, this or that. And so uh, that's why they took the kid away. And I didn't know anything about this. And I didn't want to jump to conclusions. So I was like, okay. So after talk, kind of like hearing about it, we kind of gathered that, yes, this was her biological son, and he was special needs. I knew that. So adult special needs son who was her biological son that she did not raise but was raised by a family um, that kind of lived in the countryside north of us was killed. And that's kind of what I knew. And so like a week or so goes by, and I still haven't heard much from this assistant. And I'm thinking, God, maybe she should come back to work. It's like an awkward situation it's, for you. It's like, so what do you awkward. Do? Yeah. yeah, what do you do? I didn't know what to do. And so more details come out, and we find out that this kid was not killed alone, but he was killed with his parents, the adoptive parents. So all three are murdered. And how is the amazing thing? They are all three murdered with, get ready, a pickaxe. So, and nobody knows. The first thing you grab, the first thing you look for in a house. If you're going to kill somebody... Pickaxe is hardcore. Yeah, if you right? want your story to be made later by some awesome author like Gillian Flynn, yes, so you go for a pickaxe. Or, or if you want, in the news, if you want it in the news, you want the the headline. The pickaxe headlines to be, yeah, or pickaxe. if you want to end up in the forensic files, you know they found a pickaxe. <laughs> so, I'd like to have this episode brought to you by the forensic files. Oh. That'd be great. You know, if we could get a partnership with the forensic files, <laughs> or like I know, a company that sells pickaxes. Yes, yeah. it's hard brought to you by <laughs> so and so pickaxes. So we're like the whole community. This is a small community north of town where this happened. They're horrified. People are scared to death. Nobody knows how these how this kid died. And how the parents, I mean, they know that they, how they died, but they don't know what the motive was and they don't know who did it. And it was, there was rumor that it was um, drug cartels because apparently they were growing a substantial amount of medical marijuana in the home or marijuana for medical purposes. And I'm not, I don't know if at this time that was legal to grow your own for medical purposes. I don't know if it's legal now to grow your own and say it's for <laughs> medical purposes in New Mexico. But anyway, so she, that's why Chris travels back to Colorado. That's why I, that's why I frequently go back to my um, home state. No, I don't claim Colorado is my home state. This poor woman calls me, the assistant, and she says, I can't come back to work yet. I'm fighting for his body. Turns out she wanted to bury this son near her family. And the family, the adoptive family that had had him for 21 years, they want to bury him. And so she gets involved in this big battle over who's going to bury this kid and where he can be buried. And I honestly don't know what the outcome was. I feel like the assistant lost this battle and the kid was buried with the other family. Anyway, what kind of lawyer do do you call for body rights? Who knows? (laughs) I'm sure there's somebody. Um, So for like years, there was a billboard north of town that had like a picture of this family on it and said like, you know, you know, call with tips, this and that. Anyway, it came out later that it was three kids. And this is what's crazy. It was three kids, a 20-something-year-old girl, a 15- and a 16-year-old boy. The youngest boy was the cousin of the older girl. They decided in the middle of the night they were going to go rob this family. And the boy who committed the murders knew the family and had spent a lot of time in their home. And so apparently the girl drops him off in the middle of the night. The two boys are going to go in and burglarize the house and steal money but then they decide it would be better just to kill the family rather than just try to like steal the money and there's some rumor about there was maybe there's a there was some maybe selling of marijuana going on or there was anyway there's some reason why there was a lot of motivation to steal here at the end of the day they decide that apparently the youngest boy runs off and leaves just the one kid and the kid goes in finds a pickaxe in the yard and goes in and 
murders all three of them. And I'm just thinking about it. This kid was 16 at the time. That is hardcore. It is so hardcore. Pickaxe. Three adults. I mean, special needs 21-year-old and the two parents. You're covering a lot of ground. Year old, I don't even know who I am. I'm constantly checking myself what I should be doing. Is this is this is this gonna be good? Is this is this right. not? Are, my friend's gonna be cool with this? You, no. Yes. So the two cousins involved in this case, one of them came forward and basically outed everybody in exchange for immunity in the case. And so I think the youngest boy got let off with nothing. The girl had like a ten year prison sentence for facilitating it and this kid who actually performed the murders has been in and out of um has been in prison and they've been fighting over the sentencing and anyway he was finally sentenced to 25 years per murder but they said he could serve the sentences simultaneously um there's a bunch of detail about the court case and all the things that went wrong it's a complete disaster um so yeah this kid's gonna come back out and is a pretty crazy story, and it just reminded me of the crazy stuff that you run into with the assistants. I mean, I feel like I grew up maybe in kind of a sheltered-ish environment where most people are pretty, I guess what you'd call normal, you know, went to a very like homogenous, grew up in a very homogenous, you know, maybe upper middle class neighborhood in suburbs of Denver, and Crazy things just didn't really happen that often. But then all of a sudden you're working with all these people, patients, staff, and crazy stuff goes down. Like well, the, the other pickaxe thing murders. Is, well, the other thing is you, you have a choice in your friends. You have similar likes. You have similar dislikes. You have your family's friends. With a work environment, you have this amalgam of people coming from every area of the city. You've got every way of life that are going towards one goal and that's getting paid, doing what you're supposed to do, keeping your job um, and doing what you like. And so that's where you come up with these people that have backgrounds. I mean, we had, we've had a couple of people work at our office that have had, Oh, well I got to go home. My, my brother was just shot. I, I can't, I can't come to work tomorrow. Like what? You shot? It's well, true. maybe take a half day. Yeah, it's just <laughs> half day. I mean, I shot. Mean, he's not dead. I right? mean, he's just shot. Mortally wounded. Great. I mean, what? <laughs> what, yeah. what? Yeah, what are we? What, what level are we talking here? <laughs> yes. Like Princess Bride. Is he dead? Is he mostly dead? Because that's really going to determine if this is paid time off. Or right. Not. Right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Can you use PTO for this? Oh my gosh. Well, this same woman came at me later. Really soon afterwards, she came at me and she said, hey, I need, I need $5,000. And I looked at her. I was like, you need, what? Like, why? Why are you coming to me? Mind you, I'm pretty new in practice. I don't have five grand that I can just hand out to her even if I wanted to. But she's like, I need $5,000. My dog was just shot. Speaking of <laughs> shooting, okay. Um, she was living in a very rural part of New Mexico. And apparently, in those areas, people... It's not uncommon to have your dog get shot. You have your dog, <laughs> and if your dog wanders, Again, not any place I would grow up. Exactly where <laughs> I grew I up, nobody shot the neighbor's dog because the dog went in their yard, right? <laughs> but here, I was, it was funny because I was telling another dentist about this, an older guy. I mean, I like, thought about it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> My next door neighbor has a Chihuahua. I, I, there have been multiple times where. It, I, I don't have a gun, but man. I mean, sometime <laughs> on this podcast, I will tell the story of the possum that tormented me during <laughs> dental school that I was unable to kill because I didn't have a gun. But anyway, apparently out here in the country, Peter's not going to be very. It is. I did. This older dentist us. confirmed to <laughs> me. Yeah, to clarify with Peter, we're not <laughs> laughing at the at the death of the animals oh, and the shooting of the animals. Well, we're it's laughing possible. at the absurdity. Maybe we are. We're laughing at the absurdity of this whole talk. Yeah. No, the point is, in, you live out in the country here, and your dog wanders into your neighbor's property. It might get shot. And that's not something you could necessarily call the police over. It just, your dog got shot. So she says to me, my dog got shot. And I need $5,000 for a leg-saving surgery. They're going to either have to $5,000 to save the dog's leg or 
free for him to become a tripod. Oh, I would totally go for the tripod dog. Right? I mean, no come on. questions asked. <laughs> so this is a this is a a pit bull tripod. Okay. So I'm like I'm like I need more details. I can't just give you that five would be grand. The, the office mascot. Bring him in. Oh my god. <laughs> this dog was shot. This tripod dog was shot for going to the neighbor's yard. Let this be a lesson to you. Yeah, $5,000 to fix the leg. Or how much money can you make up the sap story of this dog yes. that lost its leg? I mean, she, this was before I mean, like, you know GoFundMe. I would make a wheel for him. You would, you would, <laughs> I would make something. A peg leg, a a peg peg leg, leg with a wheel. Him. Yes. She, I don't think she understood the opportunity for creativity here. She could have really made something special. Do you think this is going to land in one of those dental entrepreneurial podcasts? Yes. <laughs> no. Assistant, Practice builder. Can you see the value in having your dog a tripod? Okay, so I don't give her the money, right? It comes Come to find out she'd have this dog for, get ready, two weeks. For two weeks... <laughs> This dog she had had for two weeks wanders into the neighbor's yard, gets shot. Now she needs five grand to save its leg, which of course she doesn't have. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I had a dog at the time who I had had for like 10 years. And I'm thinking, for five grand? You'd be a tripod, man. We, like, we don't know if she didn't shoot the dog. Yeah, exactly. Five grand at this point. And now she's just trying to get the money. <laughs> I've never seen this dog. I mean, her, and this staff would be like, yeah, she claims that was her son who got killed. Anyway, so she threatens, she threatens to quit. And this was a totally baller move by my wife, who was sitting in the office at the time. And she's like, well, if I don't get her, I need a raise then because I need this money. And we're like, we can't give you a raise. And she's like, well, I'm going to have to quit. And my wife turns to her and she goes, can I take this as your two-week notice? And she <laughs> mic drop. It was a total mic drop. It was beautiful. <laughs> and she, the look on her face of like, holy crap, did this just happen to me? And she didn't know what to do. So she actually, she quits. She's like, yeah, I quit. We're like, great. So she starts taking her stuff down. and I'm I'll like, show you. Yeah, I'll show you. <laughs> And I'm like, oh my gosh, our first assistant just quit. This is insane. And then she calls me up and she's like, hey, I need all my um, paid time off for the year, which we're only partway through the year. I need all my paid time off for the entire year. So she wanted any any paid for any future days off that she might have for the rest of the year. And she's like, if you don't pay me this, I'm going to sue you. And I'm, I'm you'll hear from my lawyer. And I'm like... So I get off the phone. I'm totally shaken up. I'm like, oh my gosh, no one's ever said to me, I'm getting my lawyer about you. And do I have to pay her and do I not? And anyway, so I called. Well, you either pay for your dog surgery or you pay for your lawyer. <laughs> Seriously. And she's thinking like, well, he's going to have to pay me for all my days off. Anyway, I did pay her off. I gave her like a severance type thing that included um, her paid holidays or her, pay, not, I don't know if it's holidays or PTO, whatever it was in New Mexico it turns out the best decision is just to pay that out. And did she have a lawyer? Probably not. Did she threaten me? Yeah. Did it work? Yeah. I paid her and was glad to be done with her. This this is what year around? I this mean, is year one, the end of year one, maybe? Approaching the I end mean, of year one. Right now, I, I just think, how long can we wait before I, I can start up a GoFundMe account for my dog? Like, well, like, that's the we, thing. This was before GoFundMe. Right, right, right. She could have done a GoFundMe. What would now? It's like I'm gonna make this GoFundMe. I need my dog's leg. You guys, can you guys help pitch in? Let me throw. Let me throw one of my classmates from dental school under the bus right now. Please do. Please do. So that's really what this podcast is yeah. for. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. We, you know, I already slandered my frozen burrito friend. <laughs> yes. So true. I might as well slander my GoFundMe dog friend. So I had this this classmate in dental school who's a total. Penny pincher. Okay. Yeah. I could use more vulgar expressions. <laughs> Penny pincher understand. works. That works. Yeah. That works. So he works. He has his Navy scholarship. So he owes no debt. Makes pretty good money. And his wife is an attorney. They posted a GoFundMe for their dog. I don't remember what it was for. It was for like, I can't, yeah, I can't remember. I don't, I seem to remember it wasn't anything overly serious. And they asked for like 500 or a thousand dollars. I remember thinking, you both have professional careers. Yeah. Get the heck off GoFundMe for your yeah, dog. Yeah, crappy now, money. Now, I mean, <laughs> since we have Kelly back here, I, I might want to put him on the spot. What did your hedgehog need to have happen? <laughs> <laughs> 
The hedgehog needed a surgery, didn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Jason. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, my wife um, paid probably what was about (laughs) $1,000 for a hedgehog surgery. (laughs) How long do you go to school to become a hedgehog surgeon? Yeah. (laughs) Well, from what I understand, the surgeon was actually very excited, the veterinarian, because... They'd never worked with a hedgehog before because usually people would just choose not to do that surgery. (laughs) (laughs) And there was a lot of faith in this. Oh, yes. Whatever you can do to save our hedgehog. So she had to come up with a billing code for it. Seriously. (laughs) It was like life prolonging, wasn't it? Yeah. There was a cancerous growth that was threatening the hedgehog's life. And it bought us maybe a couple more months. I was going to say, it wasn't long, but they were magical. So, and then I love the experience of, Chris, you talking to one of the patient's moms about said hedgehog, and then her shaking her head and saying, disposable income. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. A surgery for a hedgehog. I think that patient, I think that mother, I think that mom was a veterinarian. I brought it up. I was like, hey, have you ever heard of this? Because I had to throw Kelly under the bus. But, okay, but back to dental assistant. Well, yes. okay. the last thing I was going to add is when my wife called me from the veterinarian about the hedgehog that needed a surgery, she was like, it's not cheap, but I'm doing it. And my only request was, just don't tell me how much. (laughs) That's true. I remember that you're like, I remember when you were like, let's just do this. I don't want to know what it costs. Just pay for it. Um, So this dental assistant disappears, right? She's gone, finally. Thank goodness. We're all happy. And then the old owner shows up at the practice a few days later. And... He's like, hey, I need to talk to your staff. Can I talk to the staff for a minute? They're like, yeah, sure. You know, you can talk to the staff. He pulls all the staff together in the break room, and he's like, oh, guys, I got some news for you. You remember that investment fund that I started for all of you? And this turns out to, this is true. He had started a investment fund for them, and the and he had raised he had he would give them updates on like the growth of this fund and. It was there was like four or five staff, and the thing was worth about five thousand dollars. And they were all anticipating that when he finally retired, he was going to cash out this fund, and they were going to get their thousand bucks a piece. And they were talking about it frequently, like, "Oh, when I get my thousand dollars, I'm going to do X, Y, Z." Well, he comes in, and he turns to them, and he says, "I have some bad news. Uh, there was a market crash." And I lost all of the, I lost your five I lost the five thousand dollars in the market crash. So I don't have any money for anybody. Sorry. And wow. then he walks out, and the staff are livid. They are livid. They are so mad. And then guess what? Guess whose dog gets a life a leg saving surgery? <laughs> Booyah! And she was his favorite assistant, and everyone knew it. And one of the um, reasons there was some friction between us was. Because I didn't favor her as much as he had in the past. So anyway, um, I don't know for certain that he cleared out that account and gave her the money. But I bet he did. And he was definitely a dog lover. So I'm sure when she was like, hey, Dr. Chris won't give me the money to save my dog. He was like, I'll find a way. And so he, yeah, oh, remember that investment that I started? It was for the staff. I'll just tell everyone it crashed. I mean... I don't know what the investment would have been because nothing crashed at that time. It was it was dubious. Anyway. I'm just saying missed opportunity for a three-legged dog. Uh, I mean, it's, it really is. <laughs> so the final thing I'll say about her was this was really like the baptism by fire with staffing. And after that, we needed another assistant. And I was kind of desperate. I was like, oh, man, how do you find another assistant? I had never hired before. I had inherited all the stuff. I didn't know like... Where do you advertise? Who do you interview? How do you find people? So I called around to some of my friends who were dentists. And I called a couple of guys who I knew. And I said, hey, they work, they work together. I was like, do you guys have any leads on dental assistants? And they said, oh, we got this woman named Agnes. 
She's amazing. She was a dental student with us. She just finished her clinical hours. We totally would have hired her, but we were full staff, dude. She, Agnes, and they were like, Agnes was totally money, is what they, their quote. Agnes was totally money for us, <laughs> and she has amazing bangs. <laughs> so I'm like, well, can you, bangs, bangs, like your hair, um, like Aquanet hairspray bangs, that kind of bangs. Wow. Okay. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, great. So I tell my wife, I'm like, hey, I found an assistant. Her name's Agnes. She has great And bangs. these guys, <laughs> this other practice, they had her as a student. And she's, they said she's amazing. So I'm just going to call her and offer her a job. And she's like, oh, yeah, good idea. So I get the number for her. I call her. She answers. I'm like, hey, Agnes, you did some assisting for some friends of mine. They said you were a great assistant. I'm wondering if you found a job yet. She's like, no, I haven't found a job. I'm like, great, I'll hire you. She's like, that's awesome. So she comes in, we hire her. Agnes starts working, and her bangs were crunchy and amazing. Remember that? <laughs> they were a work of art. End of story. <laughs> yeah, end of story. And that was Agnes. So Agnes works for us for a little while. And then one day I come in, she's there. It's been a couple of weeks. And Agnes is there in the morning getting prepping for the day. We have like our morning huddle or whatever we did at the time. She's there. We, they go get the first patients back. I go sit down in my office and one of the staff comes in and says, Hey, is Agnes here? Five minutes later. So, yeah, in case that doesn't get cut, in post, that was my wife telling me I should not use the name Agnes. Um, too late. Her name was Agnes, and I'm using it. So, Agnes. What was her date of birth? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> her last name and date of birth. Agnes, no, no, this is a secret if I can share this. So, Agnes disappears. They're like, where's Agnes? I'm like, I don't know where Agnes is. They're like, no one's seen Agnes. I go out. I'm like, has anybody seen Agnes? Agnes is gone. I'm like, where the hell did Agnes go? I'm like, well, we don't know, Doc. She was here, and then she just ran away. I'm like, all right, whatever. So, we just continue working, and I call Agnes later that day or something like that. And we're like, Agnes, or maybe Agnes called. I don't know what happened. I love that it's, you, like, after this conversation, it's like you can't it. not say the I name Agnes. Agnes, Agnes. It's like okay. when the assistant said, Doctor, okay, Doctor, thanks, Doctor, great, Doctor. Agnes's sister or something calls and is like, um, Agnes isn't coming back to work. Um, I need to pick up her check. And we're like, okay, bring us all the scrubs or whatever we've given her. So the sister shows up like later that day. We give him a final check, get the scrubs. Agnes disappears. And everyone's like, um, oh my gosh, Doc, we're so glad Agnes is gone. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what was the problem with Agnes? They're like, didn't you know about Agnes? I'm like, didn't I know what? They're like, you know she wore an ankle bracelet, like an like a GPS ankle bracelet. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, really? They're like, yeah. They're like, she used to come to work drunk. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, man. Like, several times she'd come back from lunch drunk. I'm like, why did nobody tell me this? It's her bangs. Were it's her like, bangs. And that was priority. Everybody bangs are priority was, over the so ankle bracelet. on the bangs. <laughs> they never saw the ankle I'm like, bracelet. wait. So you're telling me all you assistants who worked with Agnes knew that she was coming to work drunk and wearing an ankle bracelet. And we let her work with children in our practice. And not one of you could come <laughs> say to me like, Hey doctor, um, Agnes is a problem or Hey, have you noticed X, Y, Z? I think Agnes is drunk. Nobody says that to me now. Shame on me maybe for not noticing it, but I was, I, I didn't anyway. Like I kid you not like a week later, Agnes, shows up in the newspaper and the Santa Fe newspaper will publish pictures of like known or convicted drunk drivers every so often. They'll have like a huge spread of it. Anyway, sure enough, we're, they're like, Hey doctor, see Agnes. She's in the, she's in the paper today. I open the paper. Sure enough, there's Agnes in the paper, convicted drunk driving. I'm like, great. And we had her working for us. <laughs> Stupid staff. Like, come no, on, well, guys, you throw know me what? a bone. And, you know what? On the bright side, she wasn't still working for you once the paper hit. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Where, where as the, the parents would notice and said, um, it, are you the one? Are you the one in the, 
the I'd paper that just those got bangs from anywhere. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Did I see those bangs in the paper this morning? <laughs> You're the convicted drunk driver. Oh wait, is that an ankle bracelet I see flashing underneath your scrubs? Like really, nobody could tell me this. <laughs> nobody would tell me this. I got a, I have a now convicted drunk like DWI person in the office working with children, and nobody tells me. Or, or at least, yeah, it, I'd love to work for you. Let me just tell my um, the what is it the pro officer or whoever I need to. So I just need to so I can get get the, t- get the access the the GPS right, to like acknowledge I'm ho- that I'm, I'm supposed to be arrest, here. I'm on house arrest. Can I get the address lo- location added? Yeah, and you know what was with those other stupid dentists who <laughs> just, who do just tell me like address is so money. I went to them and I couldn't tell. To this day, I don't know if they were pranking me with her. Or if they were serious, or or it could be the the what about Bob doctors who are like, oh yeah, he's great. We're you're, you're a di- we're a dying you're a dying breed. Yeah, Leo. Yeah. <laughs> Good <Yeah>. luck. <laughs> Just hands off They're this just... assistant to you. But it's like, but she wasn't working for them. She had done like her clinical assisting hours, so she did her like free hours for them, and then was gone. And they're like, oh, we couldn't hire her. But it, killer bangs and a killer lesson learned anklet ankle bracelet. Do not hire an assistant without doing background search. Clinical you, corner, clinical, clinical corner, corner. <laughs> clinical pearl. Everyone listening, do a little bit of homework. You at least have to Google like the person who you're going to hire because without that, you don't know what you're going to get. Have her lift up her leg pant. Just to yeah. make sure. Uh, no, do you have, that came out really wrong, Jason. But um, could you lift up your pants? <laughs> we need to check something before we can hire you. Oh my gosh, That's standard procedure. Now, Jason, you've spent much of your career working with us, so you've encountered some of our crazy assistants. Um, but I believe Casey, didn't you tell me? You guys had encountered a few gems. Oh, we just previously. Yeah, there's an office I'm familiar with. Where they, don't it, don't use any names. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just call them all you Agnes. Keep, <laughs> we yeah. wanna, we wanna call them all Agnes. <laughs> Agnes dentistry. Uh, yeah, no, we had so we had this office. It was a big office, a lot of turnover, and in the span of a, I want to say it was a month at most, maybe six weeks, but I think it was a month. We had two separate female couples hook up and got fired for not disclosing a relationship hooked up in the office another wait in the office oh yeah oh oh yeah oh wow yeah hooked up in the oh yeah that's, uh, and then that's special and that's then special. A, a married guy and a girl hooked up in the office and then Around the same time, what kind of chairs do you guys have yeah, there? That's what I want to know. I mean, they got like the Cupid flyers. <laughs> Love is in the air it's down just there. Wild times, man. Like, pheromones coming out of the nitrous system. But yeah, it, so Love was in the air in uh, West Texas, and it was a revolving door. And I, because I would work at that office, like I think at that time I was working like one night a week, maybe one night every other week. And so I would go in there and there'd be like two or three new assistants every other week that I would go in. And it was like, what is going on? I can't remember anyone's name. Like I don't recognize anybody. Oh, it's because they're all hooking up in the office and not disclosing anything. <laughs> and this is exactly why you do not have evening hours. Oh, that's <laughs> it. This was late hours, late. man. We need some saxophone. Yeah, yeah. the music changes after eight o'clock. Doctor Duke Silver. (laughs) Barry White. Where are the assistants? They keep sneaking off into the private room. Switches from pediatric to adult only (laughs) after hours. (laughs) Wasn't one of the? Isn't the dental office in the Seinfeld adult only? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there you have it. So it's a real thing. Oh, man. So speaking of adult only, I'm glad you brought that up. I had a dental assistant. <laughs> Great um, segue. What's the male version of Agnes? Um, Abner. Abner. <laughs> Ab- Abner. And um, this assistant, he was great. Um, I really liked him, but I was so glad I didn't employ him. Uh, this was during my residency. And we had this assistant, and he was a male exotic dancer. 
And um, now, where is this? Where was what city? <laughs> J- Jason's looking for an exact yeah, location. No, I <laughs> want to know like it's where do we like find Las this guy? Vegas. You're not like it's, no, you're no, not employed no, no. in Las Vegas. No, no. Where where is this? This was in Rhode Island, but this guy danced wow. in New York. You go to New York because you could take you could get to New York. It was a few hours away. That was that was the clarification yeah, okay. I wanted. You, so how many of these exotic dance clubs in Rhode Island are there? I didn't know. More than so, you would more than you would think. Wow, more wow. than you would think. And they're yeah. hiring, Jason. I, I'll, I'll look them up. I'll look them up <laughs> yeah. when I go over there. Plenty that you can stay anonymous. Yes, as you enough. Visit. Enough. That, yeah, well, I, know, I hear they have me. after hours too. Yeah, late hours. <laughs> so this guy, he once notoriously came back from he would finish work on friday and then jump on the train or whatever he would take to get to new york he'd go to new york and then he'd go dance like all weekend at these clubs and then he would come back sunday night and basically show up at the clinic monday morning and he would just be completely wasted so there's all like these never-ending stories of this guy and I don't know why he didn't get fired, but he would like come back. He was in the OR on a Monday morning. I'm and so sorry. Up. Is there anything I can do? <laughs> Seriously. Well, you I mean, have an event I can come to. <laughs> the, I mean, this guy, he was so sick. You know, it's Monday morning. He's so sick. Everyone's like, oh, oh, poor guy. You're so sick. They're in the OR. He's supposed to be assisting. Instead, they end up putting him on a bed in recovery and giving him an IV and rehydrating him <laughs> while the rest of the team does dental cases all day. And then at the end of the day, they pop him off his line and send him home. <laughs> I mean, you're like, make sure, make sure you check out, maybe yeah, make seriously. sure you punch, punch your card out. When this you leave. guy was such a disaster. He would, but he was a sexy beast, right? Like the, <laughs> the moms asked for him all the time. Oh, I want Dr. Abner. Like I only want him. And we're like, oh, he's not one of the doctors. He's one of the assistants. <laughs> They're like, well, I don't care. That's, you know, that's what I want with my kid. I don't care. His credentials are good enough. <laughs> His credentials work for me. He'd come up to me, and he'd be like, oh, Dr. Chris, hey. How's my six-pack looking today? He'd pull up his shirt and rub his hand on his six-pack. Oh, you think that's looking good? I was like... Yeah, yeah, it's so like good. shiny and waxed. Oh, I oh, could totally. use a little spritzer. I could this use guy, a little yeah. spritzer. Spray me down. He would also, he, um, we were in a hospital. You know how in the hospital, um, things like white jackets and stuff are like a thing. And the white jacket in the hospital is supposed to like delineate, you know, um, clinical staff from the doctors, right? Anyway, this guy had a white jacket that he had found and he had like modified. Like, um, <laughs> tailored to fit him better and the collar like flipped up and he had it like brought in at his waist and he would wear this special jacket all now, the time were they the snap buttons is that did uh, they i feel like it, i feel like it hung open but the other thing this guy did that was crazy was he would tailor his scrubs with a stapler so he was like he'd come up he'd flex it, he'd flex his bicep and be like oh dr chris what do you think my biceps are looking? I was like, I look fine. He's like, hey, can I? Sh- Your arms are kind of small. Can I show you something? <laughs> Thanks. He's like, the shirt makes them look smaller when the shirt's big. So bring it in here. You staple this down. So he'd come in early in the mornings when he wasn't hungover from partying all weekend. And he'd go into the locker room. He'd put on his scrubs and he'd go get a stapler. And he would staple in and like tighten up all the arms and bring it in at the waist and stuff so that it would accentuate his assets. Anyway, that guy was an absolute riot. He was like either totally on his game or a complete disaster. He would um, show up some like Mondays. He'd show up with like luxury cars. And you're like, oh, he's, oh you see my new ride? And then within like a week, it was gone. And you're like, what happened to your car? Oh, yeah, that didn't work out. <laughs> you're like, where are you getting these things? <laughs> And the women like fawned all over him, and he was when he was, you know, sober and on it. He was a good assistant. I mean, uh, that's what you're looking for in healthcare or wild cards. You, <laughs> see, like, you don't know what they're gonna bring. <laughs> you don't know day. what they're gonna bring. Yeah. Well, he was on an all uh, meat diet for a while because he was trying to cut weight, you know, for the six pack, and he got himself super constipated. And this was really funny. He's going around the clinic and he's freaking out because he's getting like this bulge in his abdomen. It's ruining his six pack. He can't figure out what seven pack. He can't figure out what it is. He can't figure out what it is. And so we brought him in and we're like evaluating him or whatever. And someone's finally like, dude, when's the last time you took a dump? He's like, 
oh, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, he was super constipated. So they had to go run enemas for this guy. <laughs> clean him out. Get him back in action. Yet, we retained him. You guys had a special relationship with your assistants, it sounds like. That's, oh, that's great. This guy was top notch. That's great. <laughs> as good as it gets. But, uh, yeah, so he wasn't one I hired. But I do have some sympathy for having bad assistants who stick around in the office longer than they should. It's hard to fire people in New Mexico. Um, it's definitely a employee. When it comes to the unemployment office, it is a pay first, ask questions later. So anybody who quits or is fired can just run down to unemployment and they can start getting a check immediately. And then it's the burden is on the employer to show that they um, let them go properly and followed all regulations and whatnot. And that's pretty hard to do. So... We've definitely dealt with a few who have been tough. Well, in our office, it's been pretty accommodating, too, to be uh, like, we've had assistants who say, hey, my babysitter called in sick. I can't, like, yeah. and I, my baby's at home. And we've had our office manager, like, we'll bring the baby in. We'll watch <laughs> as long as you work. We, so, like, we, like, <laughs> which is not, does not happen in every office. Once, once your brother got shot, bring him in. We'll <laughs> band him up as long as you're working. As long as... <laughs> we need you here. That's okay, right. We've got. We've got some cavities to fix. Well, this and is it, serious. It, here it's like it's super busy, but like, like you said, you have these days that you have. Okay, well the the schedule is full. I can't come in. Well, are we gonna, gonna cancel patients to be able to? Right. So, well, we actually for a while we really had to enforce this. We had a policy where. We would not pay a paid holiday if you did not show up to work the day following. So like if we had a Monday holiday and you called in sick on Tuesday or didn't show up, you did not get the paid holiday. And that was because we had people who were partying so hard that they'd get themselves totally hung over and destroyed on a Monday holiday and then they couldn't come to work on Tuesday. And so we'd come back from a holiday weekend and be ready to hit it and we'd have like hardly any staff and so we had to just drop the rules like look you know and everyone would call and like we'd have like 35 relatives die you know oh my cousin died oh my auntie died oh somebody died or we had like you know we'd have like 10 car breakdowns maybe right? this you is know. why that guy had to keep returning his luxury vehicles exactly why because <laughs> you were paying it for the holiday you, exactly <laughs> couldn't get paid on those days off but yeah but New Mexico, you've got like very tight extended families, also. It's true, though, which makes it hard. I know, like we had, in at least one case, there was a front office staff where a brother-in-law, or you know, maybe even not a true brother-in-law, but like sister's boyfriend or something, had died, and they were out for like two weeks or something. Doing and. What? And I remember you being like, you know, I like your family, Kelly, but if your wife died, I don't think I'd take two weeks. <laughs> Serious, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. I see that. We have some. So, we do have some native employees that um, do have like some mourning rituals that they participate in, and I know we've had some deaths there where we had extended time off, but that was, I think, special circumstances. But I mean, yeah. not to be the callous jerk, but I think when our Kelly, when our dad died, I don't think mm -hmm. I took that much time off work. I mean, I feel like no. maybe a day, maybe two at the most. Yeah, But it was mostly, that yeah. was for I mean, travel I was... to get to the funeral. You were still in school, weren't you? Right. I was in dental school, okay. so it was um, travel time. But I mean, that's basically it it's not like you take a, a big long bereavement you know right i mean what are you going to do anyway well, go on a cruise exactly like to jason's point too it's like wh what are you doing during those that time you know i kind of feel like the best thing to do is just get back to work or routine or whatever else and you know right just and the thing is too and it sucks but life goes on right the problem is a lot of a lot of us and our staff are no different than most of us as doctors we get paid when we show yeah. up to work. We get paid when our hands are doing our craft. And if you're not there, you're not getting paid. Now, granted, we do have PTO for the staff. Um, 
but the PTO only stretches so far. And so you take a huge bereavement or something, yeah. all you're really doing is like shooting yourself in the foot or shooting your dog in the leg. Put it that way. <laughs> 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 but it doesn't help the situation. Like I'm, I look back on this assistant who had all these problems and needed money was the solution for a lot of her problems. Yet she would constantly call out. I mean, this assistant, the pickaxe dog assistant, I mean, she called out more than any of our other assistants at the time. She always had problems. Yeah. You know, if there was like a flake of snow in the air, oh, I couldn't get out of my driveway. I'm like, we all live in the same region. There was no snow on the roads. Like, you can't tell me you couldn't get your, you know, forerunner (laughs) out of the driveway. That's just absurd. But, you know, that, you know, missed, missed work a lot. And that's probably why you yeah. have perpetual and, money problems. Yeah, and the hard hard part is knowing when to kind of cut your losses with those things. With you know, because especially in circumstances where there's family issues, medical issues, you want to be understanding, you want to be compassionate, you want to be helpful. But at some point, you're like, I just need a staff that's going to show up. Oh, because totally. Because you're compromising everything else. Totally. So it's hard to know when to cut the losses with that stuff oh. and and try and move along. Oh, I know. We had the we had a one assistant at one point. This is another inherited assistant from this first batch of the guy who made the sketchy investment for the staff. Anyway, um <laughs> this girl had mental problems. Like she seriously had real mental problems. And the bus- office was getting really busy and it was like really taking a toll on her. She would, you could just tell like she couldn't handle the pace and it was destructive for her. And I kept thinking like, oh, I probably need to let her go. Cause she can't really do this. But at the same time, I, I knew she needed the job and I really didn't want to let her go. And I knew she would struggle to find a new job and she had these other issues. So I just remember she, we had a Christmas party one year and she never came back to work afterwards. Like we've had the party and on Monday or whatever, she didn't come back to work and everyone, and occasionally she would that would happen she would have illness and she just wouldn't show up but typically we'd get a hold of her or somebody would call right away and be like oh she's sick and she was a sweetheart and we just tried to help her again but you know the day goes by or something and we don't hear anything and we're like what happened you know is she okay we're kind of freaking out we get a hold of her parents and they're like oh yeah she's just kind of take needs some time and um then her dad started calling me all the time and He's like, oh, you know, she's doing great. She's almost ready to get back to work. And I was just like, I'm sorry. And finally, you know, we gave it a couple weeks for her to be sick. And after that, I remember that when I had, I was so nervous about it. I had to call the dad and be like, look, I'm really sorry. And she was an adult woman, but um, obviously her parents are still pretty involved with her, some of her mental illness and stuff. I think she was dealing with, I just had to be like, I don't think she should come back. Like, in fact, we're not going to take her back. We've hired somebody. We've replaced her. She's done. And the dad was really cool about it. But, oh, I was so nervous about that. I thought he was going to be like, what? You know, she gets sick and then you just fire her and be like throw a fit or threaten me. You know, anyway, I don't know what the legality of those kind of things are and when you can just let people go. And I think you kind of can. I think at least in New Mexico, employers can just let you go whenever and for whatever reasons. It doesn't mean you won't pay unemployment for them forever, um, but you can do it anyway. It was, it was not fun, but try to be sympathetic and try and you try to help people. And I know we suffer from that a lot in our office currently. Is we've got a handful of people who we continue to try to help, and we want to see them succeed. And sometimes they pull through, and other times they don't. Or sometimes they just make life difficult. <laughs> oh, you know, but you think about it too, like this woman who we spent a lot of the podcast talking about, she was never going to get her stuff together, right? I mean, it was never going to come together for her. It was like her <laughs> biological son gets pickaxed to death and then her dog gets shot and then it's this and then it's that. I mean, it was always going to be drama. Um, what was interesting too was even after all of the threats and everything, she still reapplied for a job with me later when we had an ad out for an assistant and mm-hmm. we've treated her grandchildren. So she's got some of her kids have children of their own and we've been lucky enough to treat them in the office. So it was kind of cool. 
I haven't seen her personally in the office, but the grandchildren have come with the kids. But anyway, well, I say we should wrap it. We had some other stuff we are going to talk about tonight, but um, I'd say we killed it with the assistants. And um, we talked a lot about <laughs> assistants involved with killing, especially, too. Especially those pickaxes. <laughs> pick well, now I'm telling you that's been so on my mind because it's been in the paper a couple times over the last week because they had this, the sentencing hearing was coming. And it kind of brought it all back and how and it was a pretty compelling story, man. The region was really freaked out. And who wouldn't be when kind of a small, like, country town? I mean, it, this happened in, like, a very small, almost like a village um, north of Santa Fe that's a pretty quiet place. And to suddenly have three people killed with pickaxes is really scary. And that the kind of the violence made people think it was drug cartels. And because of the marijuana connection, people were very concerned about the safety of the community afterwards. So it's been pretty interesting. And it was, of course, that was an assistant who was tied into that thing. And we were like really paying attention to it because of that. But, um, well, I would even add if, if anybody, any of the listeners have any pickaxe stories of their own or, uh, uh, um, shooting, shooting pets or any, I mean, I guess assistant, um, um, uh, stories they want to mention or bring, bring to light, um, for, for the community, you can always go to www.operatory9.com. You can even post on this uh, um, this episode. It's true. <laughs> it's true. All right, listener world, thank you guys for tuning in, and um, we'll catch you for the next episode. I mean, you've said Agnes five, ten times in the past, like, 30 seconds. The day <laughs> Yeah, because the name Agnes, like, gives, like, gives, the, Agnes is, like, in prison now. <laughs> anyway. We're keeping all of this for the podcast. All of this. We're keeping all of this in.